You ready? Welcome to the Success Code, where Roy Red provides interviews, discussions, strategies, and talks to help broaden your perspective on your road to cracking the Success Code. Success Code. We're all quarantined up, so we've been going live like every day, trying to bring you guys some value. Today, I got my good friend, Casey Trujeque. We're going to tell you about Casey in just a second, but let's bring the show in. Three, two, one. All right, let's get Casey in here. What up, what up? <laughs> that was uh, looking good, bro. Looking good, bro. So anybody who doesn't know Casey, man, author, NBA skills <laughs> trainer, business owner, CEO, opened a gym, played D1 basketball, made six figures all in his early 20s. So even though he's young, he can still teach us a lot. Um, tell us a little about you, bro, and what you're doing these days. Dude, that was Great intro. Um, the, these days, uh, well, being that we're all stuck in the house right now, I'm really just trying to diversify myself. Um, I'm trying to learn as much as I can just about new strategies and um, negotiation tactics and how I could better articulate myself just for future business that I'm doing or that I think that I'll be think that I'll be doing in the future. Um, right now I just started a startup. So I have myself and another co-founder. So I've been working on my startup pretty much this whole time, but just learning the ins and outs of business in more depth. Um, when I used to own my gym, I felt that it was just a lot of learning on the fly. And I, had that experience, I got through that experience, and now I just kind of know where to focus my time a little bit more and what I should be getting better at or what's not really that important or you know what should be something that I am worried about versus not worried about. So just trying to better myself and my knowledge, I guess. Um, everybody who, welcome to the live, everybody. Make sure you guys comment, um, drop some questions for Case. I'll ask him your questions, anything you guys want to ask. The first thing I want to ask is just selfishly, um, I've seen you go from zero to from not having an idea to having an idea and literally building it. How do you yeah. do that? Do you have a system? Do you have a process? What do you do? I saw you um, go from making Unbound Sports making AON sports, um, opening your gym from zero and no idea. What do you do? Um, what is your process for manifesting things that you do? Dang, that's crazy. Somebody else just told me that this week as well. Um, I guess what I really do is, well, the baseline understanding of it is there's only things to act on, right? So when you have an idea or you have something that you want to create or you have a goal that you're trying to achieve, we can call those things just things that we have to act on, things that we have to act on to get to those steps. A lot of the times, though, those action steps are crowded by 
our justifications, our reasons, and our doubts on how we attain those. So my goal of having a gym, if I have a, a, let's just say I have an idea of having a gym and I'm at home right now, I have no idea what to do. Um, Some thoughts that may come up are like, no, I can't do that. I'm not experienced enough. Um, I don't really know how to do it. I don't know where to start. Yeah. Right. So all those reasons and justifications on why you actually can't start it. Yeah. Those are clouding the action steps. Yeah. But if you take a step back from all those things or take a step to the side of all those things and leave those reasons and justifications on the side and just figure out, okay, well, what do I actually have to do to do that? Right. Maybe I have to learn how to make a business plan. Maybe I have to talk to somebody that's done it before. Maybe I have to make a deck. Maybe I have to talk to investors. Maybe I have to figure out whatever I have to figure out. Yeah. And just day at a time, just start knocking those things out. And not because any reason or anything that you said you can't do it, but just because you said you were going to do so. Mm-hmm. So really that simple. So um, really quick, are you ready to talk about the app you're working on? Are you able to give us any info on it? I'm not ready to talk about the app that I've been working on, but I can say that I've been working on it for a year. Um, a lot of it is just background research, making sure that, you know, this is something that can go to market and succeed. Mm. Um, just people want this. There's a demand, there's demand on both sides. Um, it is a SaaS, um, SaaS app, so software as a service. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm tailoring it towards people, athletic people. Yeah. And when I say athletic people, I mean, everybody, like people that, like sports, people that like Zumba, people that like dance, people that like to do gymnastics, people that like to swim, yeah. Um, yeah. stay at home people. We're all athletes, like you say, right? Uh-huh. So, yeah, yeah. I'm a, um, I had an app idea and I told my mentor, and uh, he was like, yo, all app ideas are just, they're just bad business ventures. Don't even do it. Get it out of here. And then I told him the idea of your app, and he kind of was just like, yeah, apps, app, app ideas are terrible. They're just, oh, and he like you could tell the idea finally hit him, like the distinction of why your app was different and the subtle thing that it did different. And he was like, oh, that'll work. He was like, that'll work if he markets it right. He was like, that's he was like, that's a billion dollar app, like literally. And I was like, wow. I was like, as many times as you tell me your app, he's like, yeah, but your ideas suck. That's what I've been coming across too. Everybody that I've been talking to about it, they're just like, yo, this is a great idea. Yeah. Um, it's just going to be how you bring it to market. Um, making sure you're rolling out the things that you need to roll out at the right time. Making sure you have enough money to um, bring it to market and not making sure you don't, you don't have too much money too fast, right? Because then you can get off track like that as well. So. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. So I'm learning every day, constantly trying to figure out how to do this because I'm not, I haven't been in the tech industry, but it's just, it's part of life, just learning and growing. So we got a question over here. It looks like this one came from Periscope. I haven't been on Periscope in so long, only when I go live. But someone said, um, how can I improve my game the fastest way right now with gyms and everything being closed so uh for those of you who don't know casey's a genius in basketball and just nba skills training and all that even though 
right now he's mastered it so much. He's like Michael Jordan. He took a hiatus. Was like y'all can't see me, so I haven't really been doing it as much. Um, but what would you tell him um, in that situation? Yeah, I definitely. Um, I still help out a little bit uh, from time to time with people that ask me questions or helping people get into college and emailing scouts and coaches for them. But um, what would I tell them to do right now? Um, work on ball handling if he has the ball and he could be outside in his backyard if they have a backyard or something of that nature. I would say stationary dribbles, on-the-move dribbles, um, looking up accounts on Instagram. Like I really, I really like uh, PJF performance on Instagram. Um, just, yeah, just stationary ball handling. And the main important thing though in basketball, I think is, and this is why I think that I was successful with the athlete that I trained is your mindset. Yeah. So I know athletes don't want to hear that. And I kind of stray away from talking about that. Um, but the athletes that I train specifically, they all know that it starts and ends with how you think about yourself. So tan tangibly, I would say go outside, look up stuff on Instagram, maybe PJ. Um, another one is uh, 10,000 Hours or Devin. He went to Price with me. He's a good stationary ball handling guy. But that's pretty much all you really can do right now unless you have a basketball court outside. But for sure, for sure. I have PJ's thing right here online so they can see it. Uh, that's yeah. it for you guys. Um, I don't know him at all, so I'm. that's an unbiased I just think he's really good. Yeah, he's dope. Um, I was supposed to interview him, actually, but we, he's just so busy. Um, I wanted to touch on, since you brought it up, mindset. Uh, that's kind of where I want to go, mostly in this interview, because, you know, we geek out over this stuff. Um, you had kind of a situation a couple years back where you had what me and you would call a number one experience and a number one experience you guys for who don't know that that's the experience where you have pain relative unconscious or something is threatening your survival. And through that experience, it changes your identity. Um, what can you tell us about that experience you had and uh, kind of what happened? Uh, well, maybe like two or three years ago. I don't remember the exact time. I was being stupid and I was under a lot of stress. And I decided that um, take smoking would reduce that. Uh -huh. um, you know, and there's many different studies out there on the benefits and some say it is beneficial, some say it's not. Um, whatever your belief on that is, it's your belief. Um, but did that to kind of reduce the stress. But what I found out is that, or this is my assumption and my beliefs, is that it enhances the state you're already in. So if you're a calm person, it'll make you calm. If you're a stressful person, it'll make you more stressed, whatever the case may be. So I did the wrong thing. Um, I ended up having a really severe paranoia, um, really severe panic attack, um, anxiety attack, and ended up in the emergency room, ER. And I was there for hours, and I could just remember in those times 
just thinking that this is how my life ends. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to be able to come out of this. It's either I'm going to die right here, right now, or I'm never going to have my sense of normal human thoughts again. And what it helped with is that I really could empathize with and sympathize with people that we see that kind of go crazy or have like severe mental issues because in those moments I was having so many thoughts that were crazy yeah. and you know we see people that are like talking to themselves or acting out and we all don't understand why so, and we all can't relate to why so we just our first thing is to automatically judge them and just laugh at them or say you know something bad about them but yeah. I truly had that experience where I thought that was going to be who I was for the rest of my life and it was scary. Um, you can't control it. It's something that you can't control. It's it's like you're having a thought and you actually believe those thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. So like if people are talking to themselves, they're actually believing they're talking to somebody. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just it's something you can't control because as we know, we, thoughts are just autopilot. Like they're just coming and coming and coming. And from that experience, I just realized that that was nothing I ever want to do again, or nothing ever I want to experience again. So that was nuts. And did you say what I learned from that? Yeah. What What did it change you? What did you learn from it? And um, yeah, just, for sure, it changed. It just changed my whole aspect on life and what's important and what I believe is important. And one of the things I believe is important is service. Um, yeah. That's where I am, kind of in life right now. Is just the time of service, time of um, helping times of, yeah, getting out there and just serving people and the community the best way I know how. And I found that as you serve, you just become a bigger human being in that. Yeah. So let's talk about business, talk about side hustles and stuff. Um, with all this coronavirus going on and you being someone that, um, was able to always build a business even from the training opening your gym and everything yeah what would you tell someone how what would you tell someone who is worried right now about everything that's going on maybe they lost their job they're not getting hours at their job what would you tell them to do to build that side business um, um and how you think about it and go about it yeah um how i think about it personally is this is a time for us to be imaginative, be creative, um, stay faithful, um, and understand that not only yourself, but the world is going through this, right? I think a lot of times we all have a, they call it navel gazing. We all have a sense to just look down and what was me and this is what I'm going through, but we're all going through it and everybody's losing their jobs, right? So what can you do to add to yourself? How could you make yourself more dynamic? Um, be creative in those thoughts. It's, it's really about the questions that you ask yourself. Like another big thing that I've, I've said is that, um, you know, I, I, I believe us people, news reporters have their job. Yeah. People have their job, right? We're not called to, tell the world how dark the darkness is yeah. we're called to be a light in the darkness 
And so it, everything that's been going on, it's been kind of bothering me. And this is why I deleted my Instagram and just news right now. And I, I still pay attention to what's, yeah, I still pay attention to what's going on and what the CDC says and, you know, everything that we should abide by. But it's just so, it's just consuming all of our minds so much that we can't even find the gratitude in it all. We can't even find the places that we should be able to create from, can't even think about all the good that's going on. So yeah. every, those things are both going to be there, right? Yeah. We can always say how bad it is. We can always say, you know, this is the worst time in human history. Like, yeah, like we all get that by now. Yeah. But now what are we doing to move forward with that, right? Like the whole Jay-Z and um, Colin Kaepernick thing, like people hated what he was saying. And mm. he was saying, yes, like he gets it. He understands. He was somebody that stood behind Colin Kaepernick. But now what do we do? Now how do we move forward? Where is the light in it all? Like yeah. how could we bring the gap? So going back to the question about the guy that lost his job or if somebody lost their job, um, how can you add to yourself what – what areas in your life that you need to be a little bit better on at my part was um, negotiation. So I've been learning just how to negotiate better. I've been learning the art of storytelling. I've been learning how powerful your words are and like when to say words, when to emphasize words, when to pause on words yeah. so that you become a more dynamic person. Everybody could have a great idea, but it's how you share the idea that really makes it hit home for others. Yeah. So, yeah. So I just stole, uh, saying from you, navel gazing. Um, navel gazing. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what they're doing. Um, I can start telling people that instead of telling them they don't know the difference between their ass and a hole in the ground because I can't say that everywhere. But um, right, you know it's crazy uh, how you said it's keeping us from finding the gratitude in it all because literally gratitude is the key to creating whatever it is you want to create or to have those ideas flowing. Cause like uh, TR says, it's not about your resources. It's about your resourcefulness. And if you think about, if you have a beat up ugly car, or if you have a beautiful Mercedes, you're going to take care of the beautiful, beautiful Mercedes more because you, you know, it's nice. You, you, you earned it. You, you know, you look up to it a little bit more. And so, when you bring in those hard times and all of that stuff and all the stuff on the coronavirus, you're not going to work and take your obstacles and make what you need to make in your life. If you don't, if you're not grateful for it, you know what I'm saying? You're more grateful for the Mercedes. So you take care of it. So if you're not grateful what's for what's going on now, if you can't find the gratitude in everything that's going on, you ain't going to, you ain't going to do shit. You just going to sit down you know, I yeah. probably lost about uh, initially four grand, probably closer to eight now from speaking gigs. But then I was, I learned this. I went and got me a little microphone, got me a little thing. So I'm like going live every day. I'm like, this is dope. I'm hitting everybody up. Like, let's go live. Um, yeah. I built my audience. The interview I did yesterday, I got 11 subscribers and just one live. Right. And so now it's just trying to figure out to be resourceful and build everything online. And, you know, even my dad with the gym, everything's going on with that. But yeah. he wasn't like crying about the gym. He was just like, it is what it is. You know what? We got to get together so I could put stuff online. I got to get my online dialed in. That's what he said. And it's like, yo, like that's the attitude you got to have. It's just being able to be malleable and uh, make it happen. 
Yeah, um, I, um, I on that topic, I yeah. was um, I was talking to your dad, and yeah. I had a realization that I came to him and I told him, and I was like, I finally, I get it. Like, I get what he was talking about. Yeah, I was like, um, you get. Yeah, I'm good. Go ahead. All right. When I was like maybe like 18 or so, he would always tell me, um, you know, you want to just be like a kid. You want to be, whenever we would talk about health and fitness, because this is when I was just kind of learning, be like a kid, be like a child. And the other day I was outside and I was watching my little nephew like run around and I like finally got it. Like being childlike, like that's ultimate health. They're fearless. They go after things. If people say no, they ask yeah. again. And if you tell them no, they go take it, right? Yeah. And, and they belly breathe. They're out in the sun. They're running. They're jumping. They're playing. They're laughing. They're pushing things. They're pulling things. They're curious. They're imaginative. They're creative. Like, yeah. that's what life is. That, so I, I, I called him the other day, and I was like, that's health. That's how we should be. That's how we need to get back to. Like, So I'm, I'm right now I'm thinking about, just like writing something up for like my community and just do think like how could we just all you know be those ways so it's cool it's crazy you say that um bible says um you got to be like a child if you want to enter into the kingdom and yeah you know me and you were sitting in uh allen's and ac's theater and we're talking about all this mental stuff and I have said how when we're born, we're like perfect. We belly breathe. We're curious. We have no fear. We're not worried about the rain. We jump in the puddles. And then yeah. because of our parents or who raised us, then we change and we get kind of like controlled and like all this stuff gets put on us and then we change. And then what we got to do is release that and get them back to being that kid again. And that's when you dropped it on me. You were like, so it's like being unbounded. And that's like where unbound came from, unbounded athlete came from. And just the process of, um, I don't want to say counseling, because I'm not a counselor, I'm not a psychologist or anything like that. But the process of working with people is just getting them to know that you were perfect just the way you were before everybody told you all that bullshit that you're supposed to be and being like a child like literally is that and even when you said that I was like dang like that's true like yeah I work out yeah I'm getting my son I'm doing all of that but the part that you said was a kid doesn't care if you tell him no like yeah when event planners tell me no or people tell me no or like deny me I get like angry like f you like (laughs) like they get you the kid just be like Mm, whatever they leave and then they come back go to the next you again <laughs> call that cookie yeah and, just, and then just, if, you, if you don't if you don't um if that you keep saying no they just take it and then deal with the consequences after later. <laughs> so sometimes you just gotta take what you want and then deal with it after yo that's facts and it's funny how this whole virus seems to go after people who aren't childlike yeah, it's almost like yeah. um, you know the the earth is cleaning house a little bit. Yeah, you know what I mean. I said a quote 
a couple weeks ago that I read and I said it on Instagram. I said, the moment you desire a stress-free future and a courage-free future, you're sending um, a message to the universe to take its parts back. And there's so much bad talk about stress and how stress isn't good and and we we know about the stress cup we understand that you need stress but not too much you want stress but not distress and so it's just i just hope this gets us back to the un, the certain the uncertainty we need to still have wonder but i just hope people can have enough certainty to where they're not too stressed out and they just don't get super sick and all of that stuff you said something say that quote again you said about Say that quote again. When you desire a stress-free, courage-free future, you're sending a message to the universe to take its parts back. Right. You know what I mean? And I think it's important that people understand that it's in the desire itself. So you're saying that you don't have those things right now. Yeah. When, when you're created whole, like you said, you're created perfect. So in the desiring of changing something that actually doesn't allow it to change. It's in the desire of changing something that doesn't allow it to change. So how do you change it? So, like, for instance, um, I was having a conversation yesterday, and somebody asked me, how do you get rid of, like, all these bad thoughts? Like, how do you overcome these bad thoughts? And I told him the same thing. I said, it's in the desire of trying to change those bad thoughts that you can't get rid of those bad thoughts. Yeah. It's yeah. just understanding that, like you say, a thought's job is to thought. Like, that's what it was created to do. Like, yeah. it's, its job is to bring us thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, okay, like, this is the thought's job. I'm going to let it do its job. And that's it. You don't have to answer to that thought. You don't have to denounce that thought you don't have to be against that thought you don't have to be with that thought like just let it do its job and it's in that letting it do its job that you no longer have the stress from whatever that thought was so it's in the actual letting things be or in the not fighting against or not wanting something that you could just get it um letting things be is extremely hard to do it took me years to get it but um just letting not knowing that you're not your thoughts thoughts are something that you're having so one example i have is today i was working out i was in the gym by myself and i was benching the 120s and a thought popped into my head of hurting myself like i'm gonna pick these 120s up nobody's in here i'm gonna drop this 120 on me and i'm gonna get hurt and where most people will look at that as Maybe I should stop, or maybe that's a warning. Da 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 da. I looked at it as okay, it's a thought, it's there, it's a possibility, but really, it's just my mind's way of saying focus right now, so yeah. that this possibility doesn't happen. But when you right. when you become the possibility and you are the possibility, you have a greater chance of that bad possibility manifesting. Right, right, exactly, and I think it's important also to know that uh, we're not all knowing and it still happens to everybody. It's just the faster you can pick up on those things, the better. Like when I was going through my whole mental illness thing, Mm -hmm. 
I spent six days and six nights like in my room, like just on certain thoughts. But the faster you can recover from those thoughts, like we're not, we're all human. So we're all going to have thoughts of rejection, thoughts of, you know, I can't do this, whatever, whatever. But if you can reduce that six days to 10 minutes and then be off of it, that's where the power comes in. Like you're, you're never going to get rid of these thoughts. So they're never going where nobody is. But the faster you can catch them, that's where the power comes. So that's <laughs> that. This this is gonna pick up a little bit. So that's the key to like everything is speed, like time. Yeah, I yeah. just wish I could tell people the the key to yeah. all success is time. Like, there's no such thing as dreams that you can't accomplish. There's only dreams that you can't accomplish in a certain amount of time. And yeah. so, um, you know, that's we talk about fast. faster. You just want speed. Like we talk about occurrence. And this hit me the other day, and I'm going to give it to you right now. What we're doing with Unbounded Athlete is we're making, or in anything Unbounded, we're making the world occur in a way where everything looks slow so you can react to it fast. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So if the game occurs to you as slow, if you're a basketball player and the game occurs to you as slow, then it doesn't matter how fast you are because it occurs as slow. So you're going to be able to get to the spots quicker. You're going to be able to just outbeat everybody. And, you know, people talk about confidence, uh, you know, those thoughts we talked about. And all of that is fake. It's like an imaginary world. It's nothing you can control because it's not measurable. But speed is measurable. And so I think... Um, and I haven't quite gotten how to communicate it yet perfectly. Well, why why does it slow down? Like that's I think that's where you have to go next. Is okay. Like in the instance for a basketball player, mm-hmm. um, the higher you go, the more the game speeds up. speeds up, right? Mm-hmm. But it only speeds up when you're a rookie or when you're a freshman or when you're mm-hmm. just starting. And the question becomes why. So when I was going from middle school to high school, the game was a lot faster when I was in ninth grade. But by my senior year, the game was really, really slow. And I'd just seen different spots that I can pick out. When I was going from um, high school to college, the game was super fast. So by the end of those times, it slows down. But it's it's why it slows down. I think this will help you is um, you just – it occurs over and over and you do the same thing over and over and you see the same thing over and over and your brain fires those little same mirror neurons and different synapses go through the same thing and Mm -hmm. the more you can pick up on things and the more you can realize things it starts to slow it down right Mm -hmm. exactly so being in those situations they're going to be awkward at first Mm -hmm. and this is why everybody should get with you because Talking to you at first may be awkward, and they may not understand it at first. But it's the in the repetition of it that actually allows everything to slow down. Exactly, and then with the currents, it's created in possibility, and possibility is created in language. Um, right. That's kind of going a little bit too deep for people. But imagine if you get away from sports. You're able to make those distinctions, like you said, when you first started high school, it was fast. Then you made the distinctions and it slowed down. Yeah. But when you tie your identity to a concept, 
you're not able to make distinctions because you get stuck in that concept. So if you are dumb, you are sad, or you are a type of way, then if you would have went into high school basketball and it was in your context, context would have been, they're just more athletic and taller than me. You would have never made the distinctions that you needed to make to slow the game down. But you kept a context in your head where you knew like, I'm going to just figure this out. I'm going to figure this out. And then it slowed down. And then you were able to play D one at what, how how tall are you? Four foot eight. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, under 5'10", yeah. playing D1, where me, I quit basketball because I felt like I was too short because coaches wouldn't give me a chance. So simple yeah. context change. I'm going to figure this out and slow the game down and just be smart. Me, I'm going to quit because I'm not big enough, athletic enough, and they won't give me a chance. Yeah, so another way to say context for people that don't understand that is a way to view life, right? Like you can view life in a circle of I suck or you can view life through a circle of I'm going to figure it out. So, yeah, it's, and they both have different ways that navigate them. And what makes what's the difference between someone who's creating context and a liar? Um, so I'm the best. I'm the GOAT. I'm not mm-hmm. that yet. But if I keep living in that context and working hard in 10 years, I could get there. So technically, by definition, I'm a liar until I get there. Like Ali, I'm the greatest. I said I was the greatest before I knew I was. But what's the difference? What allows Ali to manifest but other people not to? I think it has a lot to do with first environment um, because people that are going to call you a liar don't understand what you're trying to do. And second, in those moments of people that don't understand to not be called a liar, uh, I think it's going to be the way you word it. And this is why I like studying the way wording is because it's so powerful. Um, instead of saying I'm the best or I'm the greatest, whatever, to people around you that you feel are going to dismantle that thought or idea or manifestation or language that you're saying, yeah. I'm standing in the possibility of being the best. That's a whole different way of saying it than I'm the best. You know what I mean? You can say, like, if I was talking to you every day, I'd be like, bro, I'm the best. I'm about to be a billionaire. I'm about to do this, this, and this, Mm -hmm. because you understand where I'm coming from. But until people understand where you're coming from, if I'm talking to somebody else, yo, I'm standing in the possibility of me being a billionaire. What can they really say to that? Gosh. All right, I'm going to start saying that. You know me, I, (laughs) inside agreement, I don't give a damn what nobody on the outside thinks, but that's so much better and it would make it easier on myself if I could communicate that way. I'm just standing in the possibility of making a hundred million. Yeah. And what can somebody, they're like, yo, that's dope. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to stand in that possibility with you. Like, or they're going to say, okay, you're weird. And then that's it. But it's not like you're a liar. It's not like you're out of integrity. Like mm-hmm. that's what you're standing in the possibility of. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Let's see what we got here. Someone says, how do you, work out every day and stay disciplined uh i, I think they're i'm gonna let you touch that first i don't hmm? I, I don't <laughs> no why not can. because 
it all goes back to being childlike. Like, what is discipline? Like, work if working out every day is something you want to do, like, then you do it. it. Um, um, like, I would want to know the goal that they're after to get in shape. Um, but everything goes back to being childlike. Like, kids, if you don't want to go outside, you don't go outside. If you want to go play, you go play. If you want to eat bad, eat bad, right? But there's, there's just a way or you should do it more often than not but to say that i'm disciplined and i work out every day and i eat good every day no i don't so and nobody will and that's the thing like we're all we're all searching for this perfection and that's what messed me up for a long time that's why i was seeing a therapist that's why i had that whole mental illness uh episode like nobody's perfect and until you realize that you're perfect the way you are and just move a little bit more than you do right now. And then when you start moving a little bit more than you do right now, then you're going to want to move more. Then you're going to want to move more and it just snowballs. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is perfectionism is an idea and you can never, you can never fit an idea. It's almost yeah. like a circle, like a sphere. There's no, although we could define what a sphere is, there's no such thing. Based on the definition, there's no circle anywhere in the world or in the universe that we've found yet so far. And so I just think it's crazy that we could define what perfect is, but nobody can actually hit perfect. And yeah. just for I me, I, I, I just work out and I'm disciplined every day because I love it, I guess. But there's all types of aspects in my life where I'm not disciplined at all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You you see that side. Um, and I think also... I think the part about yourself that you need to change, I don't think you should change. I think the only part that you need to change is the fact that you think you should change. Like you're cool just the way you are. And then if you work out, you work out. If you don't, you don't. But don't feel bad about not working out. How would you deal with guilt? How would you deal with guilt? That's the question. Well, I, I just came up with that question, just answering her question. Mm, yeah. It seems like the the guilt is leaving her in a loop. Mm, of working out and not working out. Not work, working out and not working out and then never. So working out is an effect, right? So what will be the cause of working out? Maybe like a context, maybe. Case, can you hear me? Oh, what's that? What What would you say? Would, so if working out's an effect, what would be the cause of working out? What do you mean by that? Well, so she desires to work out more and be more disciplined, quote unquote. Which is fine if you work out or not work out, right? Yeah. But let's say she really does wants to work out and wants to manage her energy for working out. What will be the cause of her working out every day or the context that she would need? Um, I think it, this is going to be this is going to sound I'm going to sound like an asshole, <laughs> but I think it comes down to an integrity issue. Um. And when I say integrity, I don't, I don't combine that with morality. So I'm not saying she's a bad person. I'm just saying her word isn't matching up to what she's saying she's going to do. Yeah. 
Um, so did, she's a great person. She's perfect. But what she's saying isn't matching up with what the actions that she's taking. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've learned that in life, if you're struggling in an area of life, it's only an integrity issue. It's only what you say is not matching up to what's actually happening. And integrity has to do with two things. It's a broken promise to yourself or a broken promise to other people. So if she cleans up wherever that integrity thing is, it may be she says, I'm going to work out every day at 12. Have integrity with that. And somebody calls you and they're like, yo, can we go somewhere? No, I'm, I have to work out at 12. Um, can we do this at 1230? No, I have to work out at 12. Like That's really all it comes down to is just integrity. And integrity, as you know, as you always talk about, integrity is the blessing of our life. It either makes our life go or it doesn't. Like, our life either works or it doesn't work. And it all just comes down to integrity. Without integrity, nothing works. Um, nothing uh, I'm going to just kind of explain that real quick. So what Case was talking about. Um, we can't see it. No, so I can't see it. He said it's not morality. It's just something that works, like being in integrity with your word. So the actual definition of integrity means to be whole, complete, and undivided. So right here I draw this will, right? And it's crazy they call it willpower. Because if I draw this actual will, the definition of integrity is whole, complete, and undivided. So as I start to take spokes out of this will, the will won't be able to roll. It wouldn't be able to do what it was meant to do. It wouldn't be able to work, right? It's out of integrity. And so yeah. what Case is talking about is you're out of but, integrity but, with your word. But. Hold on. But that doesn't mean the wheel is a bad wheel or doesn't mean it's an undisciplined wheel or that doesn't doesn't work. Yeah. So she's saying she's undisciplined. You're not undisciplined. You're just out of integrity. You're not a bad person. You're not undisciplined. You're not any of those bad things that you're calling yourself. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. out of integrity. Now, I'm going to kind of go into this. Where does integrity start? Where does it begin? Yeah. Where does it? That's a good question. I'm interested. So integrity begins, and these are the four foundations that I teach athletes is you want to be take full responsibility for your life, um, have integrity, but the next one is authenticity. And so integrity starts with being authentic, auth- with authentic. Being authentic. So you just have to admit that that day you're – you may work out or you may not work out depending on how you feel. You know what I'm saying? You you write down on your goal setting, I'm going to work out. And you say, I'm going to work out. That could be your plan, but you want the context to be or the background to be, I might work out, I may not. Right? right. And once you can start from there, that's the beginning of integrity of authenticity and then you can kind of build on it and then it'll snowball like you said and i think an important thing to remember is that um having a goal of wanting to work out every day is amazing um but the breakdowns you have to remember why people have breakdowns why are you feeling the way you're feeling yeah and 
the way you're you're feeling the way you're feeling because you're committed to something and you you can't forget that like i'm committed to working out every day and i'm not so that's causing you to make you feel bad but you got to remember you're so committed to that and that's admirable so you got to remember that be- these breakdowns are just because you're committed to something and it has to do this was like a huge part of my last relationship was um <laughs> People argue and fight, and all you can focus on is the argue and the fight, right? You, all you can focus on is the bad and how stressful this is all becoming. But you, what you lose sight of is you're arguing and you're fighting because you're committed to being with each other. Yeah. So if you could remember that the breakdown, the arguing, the fighting, or the not working out is because, or the feeling bad of not working out is because you're just committed to something higher. Mm-hmm. And after you feel those things, you're like, okay, set that aside. What step could I take now to get back to my commitment of being that higher thing? Um, yeah, when you, dang, that's a good one. If you're committed to something, you're going to have the issues. It's just period. Because yeah. you can't have, you can't, the only way not to have the issues is not to be committed to something. Exactly. It's almost like procrastination. If you have goals, you procrastinate. The only yeah. way to not procrastinate is to not have goals. Exactly. So the only way to not be disciplined is to not be committed to going to the gym. So you're already winning because you aspire to a commitment. Yeah. Then Just that's be that's clutch. All right, bro. So we are towards the end here. We only already been on here 45 minutes. I know you got commitments. You got stuff to do. You got commitments. I got commitments. Yeah. Um, you guys can follow Case here. You guys see his Instagram name. And is that also your Twitter name, bro? Yeah, I think so. All right. And um, lastly, tell the people what you want to tell them. Tell them something that they need to hear in these moments, uh, your philosophy on life, maybe a quote you live by. Um, stay curious. Stay in the moment and stay faithful. There y'all go. Stay curious. Stay in the moment. Stay faithful. Uh, my boy Jeff said the other day on Instagram, he said, you can't be married to faith, but have doubt as your mistress. And that was just clutch because so many people have so many doubts right now. But it's natural with uncertainty. But the way we deal with certainty is certainty because we believe in God. We believe that everything is moving to a higher purpose and we believe everything is perfect just the way it is. I hope you guys enjoyed this live and this podcast as much as we enjoyed making it for you. Till next time. Thank you, my brother, Casey Juheke, the GOAT, a.k.a. Raul. Appreciate you, bro. I'm going to text you. Yeah, No way, lady.